You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 135. Number one, we talk in the prologue to the definition of coaching. We say that coaches believe that clients are whole, resourceful, and creative. And my understanding now, what I've realized is no, that's a subset of the truth. But it's not that it's helpful or a useful thing to think that way. It's that, holy crap, human beings are infinitely whole, resourceful, and creative. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is great to have you here. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and I have a big show for you this week, so let's just jump right in. Now, occasionally, I'll put together a summary show that focuses on a particular aspect of coaching by pulling together powerful pieces of interviews that I've had that highlight that subject. I find that it's just a great way to focus in on a certain topic from several different perspectives, and luckily I hear from listeners that these shows pack their own special punch, that they're a nice way to kind of get a different view into a particular topic. Now, in the past, I've done summary episodes, such as episode 66, when we explore key business building tips, or in episode 86, when we focused in on how to use a strength-based focus in our coaching. For my 100th episode, I pulled together what I felt were key pieces of wisdom from the first 100 shows. And then episode 114 was an opportunity to share with you bonus content that's usually only available to my membership subscribers. For this week's show, I decided it is time to do another summary episode. Now, for the past few weeks, I've been sharing with you about the essence of Mastery Summit. And what an incredible opportunity I believe that it is to learn from a group of masterful coaches and earn those key core competency continuing education credits. And I noted that I've interviewed seven of the 14 coaches that are featured in the summit. So as I've been focused on this and and just thinking about how can I continue to bring value to my audience and offer you things that I think are well worthwhile, particularly when I get calls from coaches who are in that place of needing to renew their credential and they realize that they haven't done their continuing education and that 24 of the 40 hours that are required of us must be these core competency credits. It just, this opportunity just is like one of those things that I've been wanting to make available in case it's interesting to you. But the other piece of that is, is that I was then paying attention to in depth the interviews that I did with those seven master coaches. And I noticed that in every one of my interviews, and they were over varied topics, 
the aspect of the importance of the coaching partnership came through in each one of those interviews. Now, we all come into the coaching profession from varied backgrounds. We have varied experiences. And all of those things give us different perspectives of the coaching process, of the value that being a coach partner brings. And we are all hopefully striving for mastery. I know that I am continually learning and growing and exploring ways that I can deepen my coaching. And one of the things that I noticed is that we have similar struggles at times. And they're not just struggles that new coaches have. They're struggles that master coaches had in their journey And they remember those struggles. And in these interviews, they shared those struggles with me. So as we heard Molly Gordon state in the opening clip of today's show, human beings are infinitely whole, resourceful, and creative. So the question becomes, how do we show up as the coach partner to build trust in the client and in the process that is coaching? One of those challenges that I have had and I know that other coaches struggle with because they talk to me about it is bringing value as the coach to the coaching session that we want our clients to benefit from coaching with us. And that can sometimes create performance anxiety. We may have a sponsor organization who has clear expectations of what we're going to bring to the table. So we can once again get caught up in our own performance, which ultimately puts us smack dab in the middle of the coaching session and can get in the way of the partnership. So in my interview with Jane Adshead Grant about her journey to Master Certified Coach, she spoke about the lessons that she learned around her own performance anxiety and that she knew she needed to let it go so that she could be in the best service of her clients. I asked her how she went about releasing that need to perform, and this is what she said. I think it's a great question. I say I worked on that for years, Meg. You know, I was conscious of it and yet it was difficult to shift. And for me, the the defining moment was when I uh, discovered the thinking environment because through my coaching journey, I had begun my work in with neuro-linguistic programming and, and coaching to support individuals, you know, with their mindset, the language and the neuroscience behind that. And then I moved into cognitive behavior coaching and I really got to work and understand what makes us who we are as human beings. And that the thing that I hadn't discovered yet was how I could best serve others to think for themselves as themselves. And it was in discovering the thinking environment and the 10 components that enable us to show up as equals, that we may have different backgrounds and experiences, but we all have the equal capacity to think well for ourselves, enabled me to quieten my own mind and give my attention wholeheartedly to my client. And that was the transformation that allowed me to let go because it was, yeah, in that moment, it created a very special partnership and depth of trust um, that from there on in shifted everything. Now, one of the places in the coaching conversation that seems to have the ability to build some real anxiety around it 
is how we create a clear coaching agreement for the session. I invited Fran Fisher to the show to create clarity around this important aspect of the partnership. Fran specializes in helping coaches understand how to get that clear coaching agreement that builds the foundation for the session. It was such a helpful exploration around what we can do to help the client create clarity. Now, one particular piece that we explored was in setting the stage for the client to decide what she believes she needs to address or be resolved in order to achieve her outcome in the session. So Fran discusses the importance of inviting the client to take the lead in this portion of our interview. Well, and this is evidence of this evolution in consciousness uh, around what it takes to invite the client to lead, not make any assumptions, offer choice. And all these years, what we did and we had a habit of doing, bless our hearts, is we would immediately go into our heads and try to figure out that brilliant first powerful question Now that we've got the outcome, we got the measure, and we're ready to roll into this phase of coaching, the body of the coaching, I call it, you know, to ask that brilliant, powerful question, we're making an assumption. We've taken the reins of the conversation and put ourselves in the lead. Mm -hmm. We're leading the client into, you know, our assumption of what to begin focusing on. Now, Many times that assumption might be, you know, spot on. Right. However, if we were to follow the markers, what would we be doing instead? What we'd be doing instead is asking a question like, okay, so we've we've got, you know, we're clear on the outcome that you want to achieve. And you've also, I'm, I'm reflecting, you've also stirred up lots of aspects about this issue for yourself. So, what do you really think or feel or believe, depending on my client's processing style? I'll use a language, right? Mm-hmm. What do you believe would be the most important piece of that to address to achieve that outcome you want? Another place we can inadvertently remove the client from the lead is when we believe that we have the answer for the client that we know what they should do. When we get caught up in knowing and we completely let go of our curiosity. I spoke with Cynthia Lloyd-Darst about this challenge in the very first episode ever of the Star Coach Show. It's very normal and it's kind of paradoxical because young coaches who do that, usually an indicator that you don't fully know how to hold a client's agenda yet and don't know how to fully be curious about this person's experience. Now, there are times where intuitively you get a real hit that there's a right thing to do. So I'm going to tell you two things, and they're going to sound opposed. One, I would first have you work the muscle to imagine that your answer is a possibility But your job is to get really curious about this person's experience and to support them in finding their right answer. Mm -hmm. So that's one piece of it. Right. The other piece is if there's something that you're getting an intuitive hit on, 
mm-hmm. to actually say, you know, I have some thoughts for you here. Do you mind if I just share them? Excellent. And then you're able to say X, Y, and Z, and then you let go. Mm-hmm. And if they say, oh, my God, I don't like X, but Y is interesting to me, then they take it on. That's great. Okay? You know if it's your intuition because you're able to offer it without attachment. Building upon the concept of sharing without attachment leads me to my recent interview with Marilyn O'Hearn. We were discussing how we don't want to exhaust our clients with question after question, nor do we just want to kind of be there like a log without giving any input, any perspective, that in fact there is value in the partnership when the coach offers comments, observations, intuitions without attachment. So I asked Marilyn her thoughts about client expectations, and the role of direct communication in our partnership. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) They don't want you to just be a log. They don't want you to be the question machine or a log. They do want to hear from you as the coach. That's one of the reasons why they hired you, right? It's to get a fresh external perspective so that they can think beyond themselves. I just went to a program yesterday. Someone, the CEO, global CEO of an ad agency was talking about creativity and design thinking. And his question was, how can you unlimit your thinking? How can you unlimit your perspective? So yes. And the tie-in, as you've mentioned with intuition, intuition shows up under um, coaching presence. It shows up under listening and it shows up in direct communication. Mm -hmm. And I think direct communication and listening are really closely tied together. So we're, we're listening. Yes. And we're mirroring back. And then the addition for direct communication is So when you said that, what came up for me is blank, my intuition or my feedback to the client. Mm -hmm. And as you said, and how does that land for you? Yeah. Or does that fit? And and then there's no attachment. We don't have to be, our intuition doesn't have to be right. We're just offering it. And the client can say, yes, that's exactly it. No, that's not quite it. Or no, that's not it at all. And that's all okay. Yeah, that's part of masterful direct communication is inviting that direct communication back from the client. I further explored this concept of letting go of our attachment to client outcomes in another portion of my interview with Cynthia Loy Darst. When your client makes a commitment, like let's say your client is getting a divorce and she just knows she needs to be away from her husband. It's really terrifying for her. As a coach, my job is to hold her and keep my focus on her. I honestly have no attachment to whether or not she gets a divorce. Mm-hmm to whether or not she gets out of the house. My sole focus is her, her fulfillment, her being a conscious choice in her life and her being aware of the process she's in. Mm -hmm. So she has authority in her own life. That's where my focus is. 
Absolutely. And if, in fact, you end up getting attached to her choices, what ends up happening in your experience to the relationship? There's this feeling of sort of you're trying to pull the client somewhere. You start trying to talk them into something. You start being a little covert in how you put things. It's not clean. I've even heard coaches that start to sort of shame their client or, you know, you said you wanted this. You wanted to go to the gym and lose 20 pounds. Now are you going to do? Oh, good Lord. Don't do that to someone. Be with them. You could say you came to this relationship and you wanted to get in physical shape. You wanted to lose weight. You wanted to be strong. How are you doing with this? Mm -hmm. And if they're not taking, not doing what they said, how is it to not engage in the way that you thought you would so that you're with them, so that you're lining up shoulder to shoulder with them as a partner in this rather than ever becoming yet another person who is belittling or bullying. So what happens if we do happen to say something that causes damage without intention within the partnership? You know, we're all human beings. We make mistakes. Things come out of our mouths sometimes that are interpreted differently than we intended or that are are delivering a message that we didn't mean to deliver. So we need to be prepared to own it and to respond to it. And we cover this in my interview with Annie Gelfand. As we talk about the reality of conflict in adult relationships and that making room for trust and intimacy sometimes involves making room for difficult conversations. I asked Annie to share her three steps to navigating difficult conversations, and this is what she said. So we talked about number one, name it. Step number one is be willing to name the elephant in the room. If you're feeling squirrely, if you're noticing that something is awry, and I think part of our work as coaches is also to differentiate, the, you know, to make the difference between intuition and assumption. Really, the difference is we don't assume. We ask. We ask our client. And that's it. That's the bottom line there. Step two is take a step back and test your assumptions. So, you know, you're noticing the shift in the energy. You're naming it. And then you're asking, so here's what I'm noticing I think might be going on. Is that even true? Or if not that, what is going on? Or even more masterfully asking it is, what's going on? Just like that. Step three is the willingness to be vulnerable. So by my saying, hey, I, you know what? It could have come from my side and I'm really sorry because I just kind of, you know, sometimes things come out of our mouths before we're aware of it and that creates damage. But I'm always of the mindset that, There's really very little I can't clean up if I've made a mess, as long as we're both motivated to have that relationship work. That is key. If one of you is checked out, it's not going to work. And so there's something called, Arnie Mandel called it a repair bid. Say that again, a repair bid? A repair bid. And what that looks like is something's going on and that other partner is willing to name it and saying, hey, come back to me don't go away. Stay with me. I care about you. And I really want this to work. Can we talk about this? Now, if the other person is so hijacked, they need space, respect that. If they need to take care of themselves, they need to take care of themselves. If on the other hand, they're still able to hear you, in other words, their emotions aren't over their ears, 
and they can be with you, then we do what's called deep democracy, which is everybody gets to be right. And there's always something true if even only 2%. There's always something true, okay? So step one is name it. Step two Mm -hmm. is take a step back, test the assumptions, ask questions. And number three is being willing to be vulnerable, be willing to be wrong, use deep democracy, find the other right, be honest, say what's true for you without making the other wrong. Take responsibility for what you notice about you, which is where assumptions can insert themselves too. Well, you were doing la 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 is accusatory, which will create defensiveness. Whereas I'm feeling really defensive myself and I'm really noticing this and I really want to get over this. Can you help me? Imagine the impact and the difference of that. Each of these master coaches spoke about the coach-client relationship in the opportunity of possibility, that there is so much possibility to explore and thinking to expand. I absolutely loved my conversation with Molly Gordon as we explored infinite possibilities, and she described the coaching partnership like this. Partnership is rooted in that realization that the client's got it going on. And one of the things I find most helpful to point myself and coaches to in partnership is those moments when you don't know where to go, that's a partnership invitation because you don't need to know where to go. That's not your job. I love that. Yes. So partnership is is recognizing those moments, taking those times of being confused or stuck or disoriented and turning them on their head and wondering with your client, where do we need to go? What do we need to look at? What might be useful for us to talk about in order to know where to go? And, you know, zooming out and zooming in. And then what's just occurred to me in this moment, Meg, is there's a component here about where we're partnering with that infinite mind. We're partnering with the universe or however the client might articulate Mm -hmm. that intelligence of life. I don't care what language I use. I want to use language that's meaningful to the client. When we talk about meaningful communication... That applies also to group and team coaching, as well as the one-on-one conversations that we've been talking about. In my interview with Georgina Woodstra, we explored the different roles that the coach may take on, both consciously and unconsciously, that may further the conversation or may actually, once again, take the client out of the lead and get in the way of growth and learning. Whether our client is a single person or a team or group, we are still in that place of partnership and of solidly having them in the driver's seat. This is what Georgina talked about when exploring what we can do to encourage growth versus getting in the way. The team are not learning about the process because the coach who's actually facilitating, not coaching, is owning the process. So the work of the team becomes focusing on content. So when we're coaching, we're really looking to for the client, which is the team, to hold responsibility both for, as in one-to-one coaching, the agenda, mm-hmm. the areas of development, the content, and 
over time, the process. So as a team coach, I'm not holding the pen. I'm not writing on the flip chart. I'm not designing an agenda. I'm not setting up a workshop. Because the more of that I do, the more I'm actually unconsciously fulfilling a role that is absent in the team. Instead of in encouraging the team to pick up that role and fulfill it themselves. And, and helping the team to learn how to have more effective processes between them. Uh, it's not so really that I, a subtle but really important difference. Very profound. And I supervise many team coaches. People say they're doing team coaching. And then they bring their work into supervision and they say, and I've got this team next week, and this is what we're going to do. And they talk me through the agenda. It's packed full of exercises. It's all predetermined and, and pre-planned, scheduled with a timed agenda. And I, and I say, out of curiosity, when you have one-to-one coaching sessions, do you go into them, let's say it's an hour and a half session, going, okay, from in the first 10 minutes, this is what we're going to do. And then from the 10th minute to half an hour, we're going to do that. And then we're going to do that. And this is the exercises we're going to do. And these are the outputs we're going to get or the areas of focus. No, most coaches don't do that because coaching is about following the client's agenda and contracting with the client, following the client's lead and working with an emergent. So when when I'm talking about this with groups, I see lots of light bulbs go on and people realizing that when they're in the room with a team, they've forgotten about coaching. They've shifted unconsciously into a different role. So I so enjoyed bringing pieces of these interviews back to you today because I believe that each of these masterful coaches had so much to share with us about how to show up in partnership with our clients, being fully aware and intentional of the role that we're playing and completely believing in the process of coaching and the possibilities that our clients hold within. Now, if you would like to learn even more from these extraordinary coaches, they are, as I mentioned, each featured in the Extraordinary Coach Summit. And if you're listening to this episode in real time, then the tickets are still on sale at that super early bird price of only $147 for those 21 and a half core competency education credits. And there is a link to the summit in our show notes and on the resource page. But regardless of whether you choose to participate in the summit, I just wanted to have you hear again the importance of focusing on the coaching partnership and how we show up as coaches. So if you want any more information about the show, please go to starcoachshow.com. That's where we have the resource page. That's where you can locate our show notes. And I want to thank you for joining us as we explore new coaching strategies every week. If you're enjoying the show, leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts because every rate and review we receive increases visibility of the show. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.